0: Welcome to the Men in Hoodies podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world: trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike sports shows such as First Taken Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, Brent Lyons, Roman Cleary, and Jake Stu. Hey guys,
1: we're here. What's up, YouTube? What up? We're here. Are we live? Yes, we're actually live. <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, we are. Yes, we <laughs> are. <laughs> we're live. All right. Here. here we go. Three, two, one. Well, let's go. Li- what? <laughs> what? Rome, that was terrible. Here we go. He's not, he's what not we kidding. Doing? We're live. I'm not kidding at all. Okay. We're actually live. We've we're been live on like 45 seconds.
2: Alright, well let's kick it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this podcast. We are live for the first time and obviously with being live there are a little bit of complications. We still got to get used to this, but this is going to be fantastic. Thank you for joining us on the episode today. It has been a packed week in sports, not only on the basketball side. We talked about Victor Wembanyama last week, but the NBA playoffs are still going on. Eastern Conference Finals has been in action. It's going great right now. The Boston Celtics just took game six in South Beach. We're gonna to get to that later in a minute. We also got DeAndre Hopkins being cut by the Arizona Cardinals, cutting <laughs> twenty-four million dollars from their cap room, so they got some room to sign a lot of other players that they need to have a stellar roster this season. And then we've also got LeBron James. LeBron has been in the media all postseason, and now he's in a postseason. You know, he's in the postseason uh, playoff talk for another reason. He is considering, in air quotes. Retirement. We'll get into that also later in the episode. But first, Brent Lyons has prepared for us a special segment to lead us into the episode. So what, what you got first, Brent?
0: All right. So segment for today, new one, sorry, I'm adjusting myself, is going to be Are You Entertained? Um, as our buddy Noah gets this thing pulled up, how it's going to work is we're going to see um, two sets of clips or a set of two clips. And we're going to have to choose which one we find most enjoyable, memorable. Whatever you say, which one you'd keep if you could only keep one of these moments? Um, we have two sets and then a special one at the end to help kick off the episode. Um, so yeah, it's pretty simple, pretty low key, but we'll we'll get right into it here if all goes well. So yeah, that's pretty much it. It's all okay, the Simmons. Is this First the fifth, five, five. <laughs> I Think everybody knows it for Spotify listeners. You gotta go you got to come to YouTube
3: to get the full video version of this one. If not, you're just going to be hearing it live on the podcast.
2: Dude, I remember exactly where I was when I saw this shot go in. I was coming home from a road trip in Jackson, Tennessee, pulled up the TV, and I see this shot go in, and I'm telling you, ran all the way around my living room going nuts. I don't care anything about these teams, but that shot – was ridiculous. I don't know what this next clip is, but that's going to be hard to beat. So,
3: I think the next clip. Yeah, makes it's it the finish.
2: Next Jenkins gives
0: it to Jenkins. That's the thing. Like this is for the national championship. So Watch it, this. It has and the a little weight a to Kawhi Leonard's shot because they it's won no the way. national championship How off this shot, that? and it was a big man taking a three. And Kawhi can shoot.
1: Mm. Jenkins,
4: Jenkins, not really a shooter. What, what are we thinking? You, he, you he wa- definitely was, but you want to know the saddest thing about this clip for me? I remember exactly where I was when that shot went in, and. I didn't even have that much of a reaction when it went in. I was just kind of expecting it to for some reason. I just had a weird <laughs> feeling that Jenkins was going to knock it down, and lo and behold, he did.
1: Still that not the moment, best shot though. of that's the night. To... Marcus,
2: Marcus Page literally hit like a double-clutch three-pointer <laughs> and b- right it. before that. And no everyone thought the insane. game was over.
0: Yeah, but that one was more insane, but that's not the one that one If we would have played that clip, then it would be like, but they didn't win. Like they didn't even like. Sure, that clip's great, but nobody remembers that because they didn't win the game. Like, if that was the shot that won the game, I think that's better than Kawhi's. I remembered it. I remember. Yeah, it. I know. No, but that's not the like. When you think about this game, you think about Jenkins hitting that shot. If that if Paige's shot was the one that won the game, I say it's better than Kawhi's. But but Kawhi's uh, the little blue tongue action as he's waiting for it to go in on the sideline. The only reason I remember that shot is because I was eating a blue ring pop when it happened, and I and I had a blue tongue, and Kawhi Leonard had a blue tongue, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy! He's got a blue tongue too, and that's and they also had to play the Warriors, but the Warriors mm-hmm. were, the Warriors were already tanked at that point. So
4: that is an extremely unique story about your memories of watching the NBA as a that young. That's very cool. That's a very unique story. Mm-hmm. For me, both of these
2: were iconic, but I'm going to have to go with Kawhi Leonard game series. Toronto is one. Come on. That game seven, it doesn't no, be better than I'm that. I'm going the Jenkins shot. You don't care.
0: Look, you're not, Jake, you're not rating it based off the commentating.
4: You're rating it based off the shot. But um, that's Nance's oh, call I'm was great on that.
0: Exactly.
2: Was,
1: no, it, it, was yes, it, was it was
4: Harlan. Nance's call on the Jenkins, is, on the Jenkins oh, shot was great. Jenkins. What are you talking about? But
1: the commentary Harlan, is pretty even. The goal was to
0: get divide, and we got divide, so I'll take it. Uh, man,
2: hard to be Kawhi.
0: Alright, I think we can we can roll the next clip or the next two clips. This one switching sports, football time now. So
1: get it out.
4: Oh my gosh.
1: Whoa, he is has trouble the with part? the
3: snap, and the ball is free! It's picked up by Michigan <laughs> State Jalen Watts, Jackson, and he's
2: Crazy play, not the rivalry, the voice crack on the commentary. That's what I remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With the screen record, I love it. And he
3: scores (laughs) on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. What adds
0: to this is that it's a rivalry. That's how it kind of holds its own because if it's not a rivalry, this is just a regular season game that has no value besides the fact that Michigan lost. Like, I – so the rivalry
1: adds a little bit to it, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know if the next one's gonna gonna top it or not. Let's see. You should
3: have
4: put in the San Antonio.
2: Steps uh, into it. It's over. It wasn't a tip. It just went
4: through Marcus Williams' hands. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, he, it you didn't get tipped. Come on, Jay. There's no chance to touchdown to block a tipped. No way. It just went through Williams' hands. If he would have just tipped it away. At the and Marcus Williams was, even though he was a rookie, was still one of the best safeties in the NFL, too.
2: And that, for me, like, as an average sports fan at the time, that was, to me, like, the first time that I had really seen Stefan like be special in that kind of way and own the moment and like the press conference Mm -hmm. afterwards and interacting with the fans that Uh, I remember that moment the most. And you weren't paying attention because Diggs had been like a top 10 receiver in football for a while. I I had not, I had not been paying attention that much. So that's the first like vivid memory I have of him. So.
0: Well, if you're an average sports fan, I think that you might gravitate more towards the Michigan, Michigan state thing, because I feel like there's a little more chaos going on there. (laughs) <laughs> and you can kind of just pick up on the chaos instead of like, oh, the guy caught the ball and ran it into the end zone. It's a little, it's a little more chaos and bodies are flying everywhere for the Michigan-Michigan for the State play. I, pers- I personally am a bigger fan of the Michigan-Michigan State play, but I, I've just seen Minnesota Miracle a little mm-hmm. too much.
4: I got to go with the Michigan-Michigan State play by a very slim margin. <laughs> I just find that to be pretty incredible that even happened.
0: Wasn't there something crazy? They're both
4: unbelievable, obviously. But the Minneapolis miracle is somehow still a bit more believable than that. Yeah, Michigan Michigan had scored and then
2: Michigan State got the ball and it was like so unlikely they even have a chance. And they stopped him to get to fourth down. Michigan State didn't have to punt it, but they did, and doing that led to
4: that. So
1: yeah, and also well, just say
4: like Jake said earlier, the commentating voice crack. The that is Michigan iconic. Fans going like,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought the, you were gonna say the meme. I thought you were gonna say the
0: meme that came out yes, of it.
2: The redhead glasses dude just standing there. Yes, that's
1: what I
0: thought you were gonna say. You remember. like that's you an iconic that shot.
2: It is. Now I remember the voice crack, man. It's all about the commentary. <laughs>
0: Well, I think we got one more clip. This one You know, uh, Joe
4: Buck was phenomenal on that call. To the Minneapolis. Oh, football. absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Even though wow. do have
4: you have you guys ever listened to Paul Allen's call, the local Vikings guy? Yeah, his heard call that. of the play.
0: Yes. Yeah. Is, was... Isn't it just him
4: like screeching?
0: <laughs> like he's he's yelling and screaming well, was the more entire time. Guy. That was more the color guy cutting in. You have you have the guy who's trying to call what's actually happening and then you have his color dude just screeching into the into the mic going absolutely bonkers it uh it was it, I it love was it. A good, that's what local
1: radio is all about commentary.
0: biased commentary is the best kind of commentary
1: mm-hmm.
4: in some ways i can agree i don't disagree i don't disagree
0: <laughs> you get so much more emotion i'm just saying like if you like if you listen, I, I think it was Minnesota's commentary too, but their radio commentary guys will like bash the referees, and they'll like they'll like this guy doesn't need another NFL job ever in his life. I don't even know what he's doing out on the field. Somebody needs to get that him off. Like
1: Minnesota,
0: yeah, that was you've seen that before. Minnesota, yes. uh, it's so good, it's so funny. Like biased commentary is the way to go.
1: Do we have another one, Brent?
0: We have, we have one more clip, which I'm sure will end up being iconic in its own way, especially if the Celtics can pull out this 3-0 comeback. But we got our hands on the latest buzzer beater um, in sports history, actually. So
4: The latest in sports history, we've confirmed that. There wasn't one that happened like often. England or something. That's pussy. Like a minute after that. Derrick White with the football, It'll be reviewed. I, well, Roman didn't even
2: understand
4: what was happening with the offensive rebound. Roman's out of line. The win in like, 7. Because I didn't the see so the ball going.
2: I game didn't see this, bro. Can y'all hear the audio? Can the fans hear that? I don't know. We'll have to okay, hope and pray. I can't hear it because we can't hear it. So we're talking over audio. then. Either that Sorry. or there's no audio, but Kevin Harlan's call was also fantastic. I'm telling you, man, these, these buzzer beaters, Kevin Harlan is on point always.
1: That's
0: why he's one of my favorites. Well, I think that that buzzer beater can lead us right in to our first topic. Thank you, Noah. Our first topic of the day is going to be the 3-0 comeback that Boston has almost almost completed they have brought it back from three games down to make it three to three, tied up, going back to Boston for a game seven. Jalen Brown said when they were down 3-0, don't give us one game. And now it is 3-3 going back to Boston. And, guys, what do we think? Do
4: we, how are we feeling about the series at this point? I mean, the logical answer is to say, oh, Boston has all the momentum now. They're going to win. But at the same time, it's extremely hard to win four games in a row in the playoffs which is why I almost never pick sweeps when I'm predicting NBA playoff series, because no matter how good or bad a team seems to be, if you're an NBA team and you're good enough to be in the playoffs, you usually find a way to win at least one game in the series. And now Boston has been tasked with having to win four games in a row in order to get out of the Eastern Conference Finals against a very good Miami Heat team that I think we all said from the beginning that was you know, much better than the eighth seed that they were slotted in due to their, you know, mediocre regular season. And then, you know, losing in the first game of the NBA play-in tournament to the Atlanta Hawks. I think it's pretty, pretty incredible that Miami went from that to being here in the Eastern Conference Finals in and of itself. So I think Miami certainly has a chance of going to Boston and pulling out the win because they did it twice at the beginning of the series but it's really hard to deny Boston. Like Brent just said, you hear, you see the quote from Jalen Brown, don't give us one or you're going to be in trouble. Well, Miami's certainly in trouble. Jake? Yeah, for me, there's, there's just been a lot of issues as far as their play style,
2: I think, for the Heat. And the first three games and even dating back to the entire playoffs leading up to the series, Jimmy Butler has been the guy. He's been the one controlling the tempo, controlling the pace. If we need a bucket, we're going to Jimmy. And Jimmy – has missed some shots and missing shots. Uh, if you play basketball, you can understand this really in any sport. The more shots you miss, the harder it is to get back in a rhythm. You get more passive. You don't want to take as many shots because you feel like if other guys are hitting shots, then the ball needs to be in their hands. But he needs to learn, I think, really, especially right now in this game seven, that they will not win if the ball is not in his hands. It's not going to happen. Even in the Bucks series, how did they win that series? They gave the ball to Jimmy Butler and let him go to work. It didn't matter if Drew Holiday was on him, if Giannis Antetokounmpo was on him, if he had to drive in on seven-foot monster Brooke Lopez. He's getting the ball, and that's how he dropped like 40, 50 points in game five against Milwaukee. I'm telling you, man, it's they need to give it to Butler. And watching the end of that game today, uh, game six, he was – before he had those two drives to get into the paint where they started to go on a little bit of a run where he got fouled twice – I mean, he's dribbling down the ball, getting to the top of the key and looking who to pass to. And I think Folstra told him, like, man, we need you right now. And that's why he came in clutch. But that's got to be a whole game thing. He can't – him and Bam Adebayo can't combine for 22 points halfway through the fourth quarter when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are combining for over 50. It's, it's not going to win you playoff series. Right? It's not even going to win you a playoff game. They have four chances to go to the finals, and they've got one more chance. And for me, if they haven't been doing it three times in a row, I know they won the first three. But like you said, Roman, Boston's got all the momentum in the world. And I think we all know this, that no team has ever come back from a 3 lead. But this situation, the 8-seed, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who went to 6th and against the Warriors last year in the finals, if there's any team who's going to be able to make this happen, it's Boston. And I think this is the opportunity and this is the chance where we see history made. Boston takes it in seven exactly like they did against the 76ers. They went on the road and took game six and then came back and won game seven convincingly. I don't know if it's convincingly like it was today or like it was in game seven against Philly, but I fully
4: expect Boston to win because how are you not supposed to win with all the momentum you've been having? Let me just say this. This is going to end up being a career-defining moment for either Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler. It's going to be either, oh my gosh, Tatum is the first ever – player to come back from being down 3-0 in a playoff series. And for Jimmy Butler, it's like, well, Jimmy Butler's going back to the NBA finals and he's got a legit shot of winning the title. Once again, his first time going back since the bubble. And if Jimmy Butler becomes a player that has made the NBA finals twice in his career, I think that'd be a pretty significant
1: mark for his resume.
0: Yeah. And Jake, just to give a padding to your um, talk about Jimmy Butler's shooting line. He was 5-for-21 tonight, um, not, not the greatest splits. He still finished with uh, 24 points, which is still not – I mean, 24 points isn't bad, but when you're looking at his shooting numbers, lots of more opportunities. Um, Bam Adebayo was 4-for-16, and we talked about on an earlier podcast how important um, Bam and Jimmy together playing well are. And so the fact that their best two players were the ones that brought the most struggle – um tonight is not very helpful, um, especially not when you, this is your third chance of four to close out the series. And that's not to put Jalen Brown or – I mean, I guess Jalen Brown had a pretty solid shooting night. But Jason Tatum still didn't really have a great shooting night, 8-for-22. He hasn't been shooting the rock very well, but they're figuring out a way to play together and win the games. And so with all the momentum right now and the young core, kind of like you said, Jake, last year taking the Warriors to six. If anybody has the experience to, and this year with the 76ers, to win this series, especially with the momentum on their side, with a young team and different things like that, I think it would be the Celtics. Um, The only thing that holds me back is still the defense of Miami and the fact that it doesn't take, like we saw tonight, it doesn't take Jimmy Butler having that explosion for them to be in the game. It doesn't take Bam Adebayo having an offensive explosion for them to be in the game. They won the game when Marcus Smart missed that three-pointer, it was just sheer luck, pretty much. Not sheer luck. Like, White saw that, and he went and he played it perfectly. But nine times out of ten, you're not getting that second look. You're not getting it off in time. Like, they were in that game, regardless of the fact that Jimmy Butler shot off or regardless of the the fact that Bam Adebayo only had 11 points. Like, if you lose by one point with your two best players having their worst offensive nights, then that's still saying something. So if their defense is on point like it always is, and you can get a Jimmy Butler like we've seen this entire playoffs and a better Bam Adebayo on offense, I'm going to be still hesitant to say that the Celtics will win this game, even though they were my final pick in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a great game, one for the agents, hopefully. Um, but I think one of the things to note is the Nuggets are just sitting idly by watching this whole thing happen. What do you think is the best scenario for the Nuggets going into the finals? Who do you think they want to meet? What's the ideal matchup here? We'll start with Jake this time.
2: It doesn't matter. Nuggets in five or six. Nuggets got it. They're way better than both of these Eastern
1: Conference Finals teams, and I don't think that needs much explanation.
4: I don't necessarily agree with you there. I think Boston would give um Denver a pretty tough time. You know, they just have a bunch of playmakers. But I don't really think there is a preferable matchup here for Denver, really. I think both of these teams would present a pretty similar challenge overall. I mean, you both, both of them have a pretty solid big man down low that can at least contend with Jokic a little bit, even though it's hard to really stop Jokic or shut him down because he is probably the best big man in the NBA outside of Joel Embiid. I mean, Robert Williams and Bam Adebayo are both tremendous rim protectors and they're both extremely athletic guys that can maybe try to defend him. I don't know. So, there there's that but at the the same time i I, I just don't know man i I really think that denver would have a decent challenge against either of these teams i i I think they probably beat miami but boston i'm not too sure
1: i i'm i'm in the middle of both of you guys right now i think Mm. the fact
0: that i think that the fact that denver has had so much time to not only watch this entire Celtics comeback and all the different things that they, the Celtics haven't played the same way every night. They can't, you can't play the same way every night and win a four games, a seven game series against an NBA team. And like, most people don't notice that. Like most people don't notice the fact that every night a team brings something completely different out, but that's, that's the case. Like no team is going to bring out the exact same thing that they did the previous night and expect to win the game because teams make a judgment. And so when the Miami Heat lose the game, they throw something else out at the Celtics, and the Celtics just combat it with something different. The, the Nuggets have got to see it all from both sides. And so either way, I think the Nuggets are going to be way more prepared for whatever team that they get, whether it is Miami or whether it is the Celtics. Miami, I think they, the reason that they present a decent matchup is just their defense. Um, obviously, nobody is better than Nikola Jokic in this case. But the fact that Ben Adebayo is on the other side and that his defense is so good and that Jimmy Butler is just pretty much a threat from anywhere on the defensive end and his offensive explosion has been huge this playoff, it does kind of lead me to think that if they could play it through, that there is a chance that they would give them a tough challenge. But ultimately, after this Celtics series, I really don't think either way, if they win it, that there's going to be much of a chance here anyway, just because of the way that they've blown it. And then on the Celtics side, I feel like they've just they have all the pieces of offensive explosion, but it's so iffy on if the team is gonna play well together that night or not. Like the Celtics made it to the finals last year. They like I could see them beating the Nuggets. Like the, I don't have a question. Like I think the talent is almost equal on both sides as far as who they have. But I think the biggest issue is that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play so inconsistent together over the court over the course of their entire careers together that I don't know what, what duo we're going to get. And ultimately, the game runs through them, and they are offensive superstars. And even if their defense is good, it's nothing compared to their offense. And if they're both playing bad like they have been in the past, like they were in the previous series, there is no way that they even take it to five games against the Nuggets. So really, that's why I kind of lean towards Jake, but I don't think it's going to be as easy and nonchalant as he said it would be. But ultimately, we're just going to have to wait and see who makes it out in this Game 7. I think that once the Celtics took one, it was just a matter of time before we eventually got to game seven. I think everybody's happy that it's gotten to this point because I feel like as NBA fans, we've all just been waiting for somebody to finally take it from 3-0 and get it to seven games. So I know we're all excited here at Men in Hoodies that we get okay, a game seven. game seven. like another Game, game seven. Game NBA. Come on, it'll get better than that.
2: I don't care who you That's- are.
0: Love it. Especially after a four-o blowout, the Nuggets over the Lakers and the and the Western Conference. We kind we gotta see some magic here before we get to the finals, right? Hey, too bad it'll all be in vain because they'll get blown out by the Joker, but hey,
2: it's okay. They can sure. have their fun yeah. while they
4: while they can. Look, and I'll just say mm-hmm. this, regardless of who Denver gets, it's the NBA finals. Okay? Like Denver's gonna get their best shot from regardless of who they end up playing here. I don't agree. That's, that's why winning the NBA Finals and being in the NBA Finals is so important to your resume, so important to your legacy, because that's the time where you're going to see the absolute best basketball out of almost everybody that plays in it, you know? Since, since Game 4
2: of the Eastern Conference Semifinals with the 76ers in Boston, we have not seen them play with urgency. We, we have only seen them play with urgency when it's come to elimination games. And that's what I'm concerned about, is that Boston did not kick it into gear until game four. They were nonchalant, chillax game one through three, just vibing, doing their own thing. And then when it comes to game four, they're like, "Okay, we got to turn it up. They will have had to give that same energy four games in a row and then turn around three nights later, play again on their home court in front of their home fans. And Denver has had almost two weeks of rest, two weeks of study time, two weeks of prepare time. I don't think that Boston's going to come out with the same urgency or the same stamina to even match Denver. So let's just say, in my opinion, that Boston and Denver are on the same level. I, just, I don't even think that's true. I think Denver's on a way higher level than Boston is. But let's just say they're on the same playing field. Denver would still have the upper edge because of the stamina and because of the scouting report that they've been able to develop in any situation that Boston has shown. But I also think they're better. But That's just my thing. Boston has not shown me that they can play consistent basketball – over the course of a whole
4: series, and that's what I'm very concerned about. Look, I'd pick Denver in either series, but I just don't think it's going to be a walk in the park like you seem to suggest. Like, it's the NBA Finals, and we're going to get two phenomenal basketball teams really going at it for the NBA title, regardless of who makes it out of Boston versus Miami. But that's all That's all I really got to say on this. If you guys have anything else, I think we can move on here. We're chilling, man. Game, Game seven. seven. Yeah, that's right. Let's move on to the NFL now because we got to talk DeAndre Hopkins getting released from the absolute crap (laughs) show that is the Arizona Cardinals. Let me just give you guys a bit of a background here. Obviously, there have been the rumors and the, you know, accusations going around that the Cardinals were shipping DeAndre Hopkins and were potentially looking to trade him really before the end of the season last year. And rumors really started to rile up towards the NFL draft. I mean, everyone knew that the Cardinals were looking to trade out of that number three spot, and they ultimately did. But a lot of people thought that DeAndre Hopkins was also going to be involved in those draft discussions. There was even a rumor of a trade that came out shortly before the draft, just a few hours before the draft started, that featured DeAndre Hopkins being dealt to the Tennessee Titans in a package deal with the number three pick that the Titans would then use to select a quarterback, either C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson, but they really wanted Stroud, But the Texans then selected Stroud second overall, which kind of ruined those plans for Tennessee. So DeAndre Hopkins made it through the draft, still on the Arizona Cardinals. And then I think we all kind of assumed that Okay, here we go. The Cardinals are going to give this one more try, trotting out a team of nothing but Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker. And now DeAndre Hopkins has been released.
1: He is free to sign with any team in the NFL. And I just want to say one more thing. Look, I feel so bad for Kyler Murray.
4: You guys, a couple of weeks ago, when when we were talking about Lamar Jackson We're just whining and complaining, oh, Lamar has the worst situation ever, even though the reality is that Lamar has been placed in one of the smartest organizations in the entire NFL that builds a literal playoff contender every single season. Meanwhile, we have Kyler Murray here, who is stuck with the worst roster in the entire NFL, the worst roster in the entire NFL. The the offensive line is maybe the biggest monstrosity I've ever seen in my life. Zach Ertz is like 85 years old. He can't do anything anymore. And let me just give you the defensive line of the Arizona Cardinals. This is their starting Big defensive line. Jonathan Ledbetter. Lecky Fotu. He sounds like a stud. Rashard Lawrence. Roman. is the so because Sanders. he doesn't know who they are. We have Buda Baker. He's awesome at safety. Kaiser White is a really good free agent signing from the Eagles. And Isaiah Simmons can be good if he's used correctly. Oh, by the way, the Cardinals are also reportedly shopping both Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons. The Cardinals are an absolute dumpster fire. Absolute dumpster <laughs> fire. They have Kyler Murray and literally nothing after that. Hey, sorry. Their sorry, head coach news. was if, a guy if who if literally doesn't got know fired your name. You suck. From Texas Tech as an offensive coordinator, and now their head coach is the guy who literally blew the Super Bowl. The Cardinals are by far the worst run organization in football. And while I do feel terribly bad for Kyler Murray at the same time, you got to feel great for Deandre Hopkins that he is finally free of this crap hole and he can finally go somewhere where he can actually flourish for the final couple of years of his prime. Jake, what do you got for us? Well,
2: first off, I love your spiel, by the way. Good job. Um, Number one, if Just letting you know, if you're a new listener, if Roman doesn't know your name and you're in the NFL, you suck. Okay, just bottom line, you should just quit. Yep. Okay. Second, I don't think they have the worst roster in the league. I think that's far-fetched. I think you can throw the Texans in there and we're calling it a day. But the um, Texans
4: actually have hope. They that, have hope. They that have, mean they have a, The Cardinals don't, mean they have have that. A, that they don't have a They, a, they, a, they have, have Kyler a, Murray and, and they got, got nothing. Else the argument. <laughs> not argument.
2: Not the argument. Also, I wouldn't feel bad for Kyler Murray. Because if you have to have something put in your contract that says you have to have a guaranteed amount of hours in the office to get your money, then that you you have problems already. You've got to be in the film Which room. Which they removed from
4: his contract after they realized it was ridiculous and embarrassing.
2: But, but yeah, the fact that they put it in there it already. Yes. You're obviously doing something wrong if that even has to be mentioned in the first
4: place. But, and he's also got Marquise Brown. So there you go. He has Marquise somebody. Brown? who completely failed in Baltimore as Lamar Jackson's wide receiver one. Oh, okay. So So now he has (laughs) Kyler Murray, an even better quarterback.
1: Is he going to succeed
4: with the Cardinals? I mean, mean, he was pretty good as the wide receiver two next to Hopkins.
2: Uh, Anyways. Okay, so you're asking what – so is the question how does this affect the Cardinals or what do I think about it in general? I mean, what do you think about it in general? I guess we start with that. Um, obviously if I'm the Cardinals, I wish that I had traded something, get a pick, get anything out of somebody in order to make this happen. Because all they did was let him walk and free up cap space. They would have freed up cap space if they would have traded for picks. So they should have gotten a deal done way before the NFL draft. And that was on them. So you're right. This is not a very well-run organization. You had top talent. You brought him in. He did great after his PED PD suspension dropped and you let him go. So, congratulations! You wasted a generational talent. Second, I think whoever gets DeAndre Hopkins, especially if they're already a contender, boost them up big time. Like I, I know we're not one to talk fantasy when it comes to straight NFL predictions and things like that, but I was one that was so high on DeAndre Hopkins, I traded for him week one, knowing that he would not be active to week seven no, because you I didn't knew. Want to trade him with because, me. Yes, right. Because I love him, but I knew. That he was going to be fantastic when he came back, and that's exactly what he was. It took him a week to get adjusted, but from then on out, he averaged over 20 points. Even with the crap offensive line, the running back issues, and the height problem for Kyler Murray, if we're going to be honest with you, he still was able to be successful. So put him on a roster like the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys list goes on and on of compatible quarterbacks that he can be in a good situation with. Geno Smith and Seattle Seahawks. The options are wide open. The problem is the cap space. No one has space for him to sign him to what he wants. That is a reliable team that I think he could go to and help him contend. The best team that I can think of that's in the bottom five or rather top five that has the most cap space that could sign him is the Detroit Lions, but I don't think they do that. I think they stick with the Amon Ross St. Brown show. Jamison Williams' show, Marvin Jones Jr. show. But if they could pull that off, give them a $16 million contract, it would waste their cap space. But you give Jared Goff another good option, you've got some some talent there in Detroit. So who knows what's really going to happen. The most realistic thing I can see is the Dallas Cowboys. I think that will absolutely bolster them from a maybe like a,
1: I don't even know, divisional round team. to maybe you're talking conference championship, Super Bowl type level team. They have a very young and very
0: talented group of offensive players just on the offensive side of the ball with a lot of potential. I feel like pushing some of those guys into the background is risking them coming back to Detroit. Um, Amon Ron St. Brown seems like a very cocky player. Um, he is. Just, just from the things that we've I mean, seen from him good. in the media. So, I mean, he is I mean. He's good. I'm not going to say very good yet because he's still had those games where after he was very cocky that he kind of sucked. But he he's a great player. But if you push him into the background right now, when he seems like all that there is is light shining on him, you're probably not going to get him back. So I feel like no no pun intended on the on the Ron saying yeah it, sorry sorry the sun to franchise tag him
4: if he doesn't like it. This, is, this ain't the NBA. You can control your talent for as long as you I'm, want in the NFL. I'm just saying. Eh,
0: kind of. But I think, um, for me personally, Jake kind of threw them out there. I think Kansas City's the best place for him to go. I know that going there. they don't have the no cap space. I, I know cap space. Thank you. I was, you know, they have a million dollars in cap space. <laughs> thank, thank you, Roman. Thanks <laughs> for stealing one of my points. I know they don't have enough cap space. But if the Golden State Warriors are any indication of cap space oh being an gosh. issue, then I, then I yeah, think that they can find NFL. a way to work it out. I understand. But I am saying that in a world where Patrick Mahomes right now is the seventh highest-paid QB in the league, kind of low, he's, he could ask for money right now and they would give it to him to make him the highest-paid quarterback. They would do that and they can make that happen. If they wanted to get DeAndre Hopkins, if Patrick Mahomes comes into the office one day and says, hey, can we get DeAndre Hopkins? They could find a way to make it happen. It's not like, like, it's not like they couldn't make roster space available. That It is a possibility for Kansas City to get him, and I feel like he, he, they have the best fit for him with Patrick Mahomes there taking the Tyreek Hill role, only I kind of feel like he could hold that role better in the position that the Kansas City Chiefs are in right now. But if, if not Kansas City, um, I – I like the Lions, but I feel like you're risking a lot with your young talent away from Jared Golf. And I just feel like putting him with Jared Goff is just a recipe for disaster because I'm not a fan of golf, and I don't think he's the right quarterback for any for any wide receiver that wants to succeed because everywhere he's gone, I don't I don't think that he's been a fit. So they, I mean, they
2: made the Super Bowl one year, and also I know. You add your, I know to you your point, Juju is also in New England, so you have also have a point there. Um, he could immediately come in and be the fresh wide receiver one with along with Travis Kelsey. It'd mean, so, just he'd be really hard one, for the Chiefs to create that win, space. So. I mean,
4: I, Brent, right, I get your yeah. point. Oh, yeah, you're right. If Mahomes wanted more money, they can make it happen. But they make it happen by kicking it down the road and giving him that salary two, three seasons from now. That's how they can do that. Are they going to give DeAndre Hopkins a four-year contract where they can pay him a cheap salary this year and then pay him a huge salary the next year? No, they're not going to do that. DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old.
1: I agree. You, you, but,
4: it's, but, you can't exactly do that. But when
0: do you, but when, but like some players have done in the past, do you make it to where, okay, I'll take less money knowing that I don't have many more chances to win a Super Bowl?
4: And like DeAndre Hopkins hand, would have to make, like, if he wanted to go to Kansas City, he'd. Two million. The, the Chiefs could probably cut a few players but, to create more but space. Could, but even then, Hopkins would still be making like $4 million at most. $4 million for DeAndre Hopkins, that's absolutely ridiculous.
0: Hey, man, I would play for the Chiefs for $4 million. I'm just saying. Yeah, but you're so not you DeAndre
2: Hopkins. Could, you could play for the Lions for 16 to 20.
1: Like, you could play for the you're Broncos not for the, you're, not,
0: you're, you're not
4: winning the Super Bowl. Uh, you, All right. You're not going to win a Super
1: Bowl with the
4: – Let's go over the top 10 teams and odds that are that could sign Hopkins. These are the top 10 teams in the, in the odds. Dirty I bird. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I know that's usually Jake's thing, but I figured dirty it could there. fit – it could fit well for this. We got the Denver Broncos at 10, plus 700. The Chicago Bears at 9, plus 600. No way. Please no.
1: That's a recipe the, for disaster. The Flippin
4: Browns at 8, plus 550.
1: Oh, sh- the Chargers, plus 550. The Cowboys, like plus that. 500. Where is it at? Eagles, plus 500.
4: Giants, plus 450. Wow, if you put DeAndre Hopkins with Brian Dable, that would be beautiful. Chiefs plus 300, so I guess it is possible if he wanted to completely cheap out. Bills at plus 280, and the Baltimore Ravens at plus 250. Again, I don't really think this odds list is taking the salary cap into account enough, but salary cap manipulation is becoming more and more popular throughout the league, so I suppose it is not impossible for those lower salary teams to find a way to make it happen I w- there.
0: I wasn't even thinking of the Chargers. I I would love no, to
4: see no. DeAndre Hopkins play for the, the Chargers. The Chargers have around
0: $12 that, million right now. That would be wonderful. That would be – holy cow. Ca- I would love no. that. I'm going to be – yes, why not? Oh no. Because they just drafted
4: – They have Johnson. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston. It's a loaded wide receiver room already. Exactly. Exactly. And they need to invest that money in the defense. Badly. You don't. You don't need
2: Keenan Allen, a Mike Williams, and then a faster Mike Williams. You, you don't need that. Get rid of and Mike Williams, a, and then a slower Mike Williams and Quentin Johnson. You're you're getting three of the
4: same players. Well, okay. Did you just compare DeAndre Hopkins to Mike Williams?
2: He is a yeah, faster
4: Mike
1: why. Williams. They have the same. No, DeAndre no, Hopkins is a much DeAndre better Ho- hop- runner, No, and he's has Mike the Williams, best hands in the league. Mike Williams DeAndre is DeAndre Hopkins much DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Player. Let's get no. Let's get one thing straight. Mike Williams is a slower DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is better than Mike Williams. Therefore, people compare Mike Williams to DeAndre Hopkins, not comparing DeAndre Hopkins to Mike Williams.
1: I just, just saying that the, the Steelers have ten million. No, I don't, I don't want to sign on. I don't want to sign. We, on. You, you.
0: Uh, he doesn't want to sit on a team that's going to go nine and eight or eight and nine again.
1: Falcons have. Seahawks no Steelers, and Hopkins.
4: Actually, I'll have around ten million. The
0: Seahawks don't need him either. Yeah. The only the only team of r three that could feasibly use him is the Falcons, and no, they they're don't. not going to no, get they him.
4: Don't. They, they, Arthur Smith and his system wouldn't work with Hopkins. That is not true. Look,
0: at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if your system works with them. If you're telling me that you, if you put Stephon Diggs on the Falcons or whatever. He's gonna find a way to succeed. If you put DeAndre Hopkins Thank on the you. Falcons, he'll find a way to succeed. It doesn't matter. He's DeAndre Bro, Hopkins. Kyle like,
4: Pitts got absolutely buried in Atlanta last year. And he was by far their best pass catcher.
0: That's just because they stopped using him.
1: Kyle, he's literally entering his third or fourth season. He's he's fine. He, he'll be he's okay. Scared. And it's
2: a
4: first year head coach last year. Like we're we're gonna figure it out. No, no, it's a not the criticism against Arthur Smith. It's that his just system don't. doesn't necessarily need A bunch of elite pass catchers to work like when you go to tennessee all he really needed was Tannehill to be efficient aj brown is that one big receiver and of course derrick henry just mauling everybody in the run game and a good offensive line led by guys like you know taylor lawan and nate davis and guys like that you know that's really all an arthur smith offense needs so hypothetically if they're able to get pits going drake london is able to start contributing a bit more and John robinson starts running the football efficiently it's just not a good fit for Hopkins to really try and fit in there. As long the offense is already good. Out
0: of all the teams that were listed, as long as he does not go to the Chicago Bears,
4: I don't know if I'll have an hey, issue with it. The Packers have sixteen million. I was about to that say that could the be Packers. a good weapon for Jordan Love, potentially.
0: I was about to no, that could be a good weapon weapon for Sean
1: Clifford. I think Jordan Love's gonna be time. good.
4: Jordan Love's gonna be
0: good. I think, I I think really Jordan did. Love gets I, I don't like to wish injury on anybody. Jordan Love's going to be hurt by week
1: five, and Sean Clifford's going to be taking over the starting role. What do you mean? Jordan Love has been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for four seasons. Back, this Jake? is literally Rodgers yeah. Favre all over Right, right
4: now. I mean, it may not I... be as much of, like, a, an immediate impact as Rodgers made when Favre retired or left or whatever. But Jordan Love, I think, is still going to make a really good impact, and the Packers are still going to be a winning team next year.
1: So that's not the I worst wait, for Hopkins if it were to come to that.
4: Hopkins,
0: yeah, Hopkins and Green Bay wouldn't be awful. He, they yeah,
1: just we, went should it.
0: Probably, we should
2: probably wait to talk about the uh, Green Bay Packers when we get to our divisional predictions.
4: Yes, right, which will be the best time starting, of the year on yes, the Minnesota's podcast.
2: Like a month or so. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You you have anything else on the uh, – DeAndre Hopkins
4: situation?
1: No, we can um, go back to I basketball. do have some,
4: just a little something on the – again, I just want to give my thoughts and condolences out to Kyler Murray. He's overhated, most underrated player in the NFL today. The dude's an absolute stud. And once he gets to a better team, it will be playoff wins galore, division titles galore. Kyler Murray is that dude. He's literally what, what everyone at? thinks Lamar Jackson is and he deserves a lot better than what the Cardinals are doing him right now. He is a worse Lamar. No, he's, he's not. A he's a better Lamar.
1: Lamar. No. He's he's literally Lamar, but he can actually pass the football. <gasps> oh, my gosh. See, I want, I I'll, I'll, I'll back actually Lamar I have to the ball, all like,
4: day. Not like Kyler Murray can. Kyler's got better arm, He makes better decisions. better in the yeah, pocket. He can't do this exactly. all day.
2: He doesn't Exactly. Lose. Exactly, it's it's why you know I'm just I'm due in for an L if I try to argue this, so I'm not I'm not doing it. I Can't do it.
4: I, I, I don't understand why you hate on Kyler Murray so much anyway. We don't it, hate, on Kyler it, it we no hate on. It makes no sense. The that you hate on the dude's Lamar such a great player.
1: Kyler's better.
0: He's
2: way Lamar better. He's,
4: he's even close. No, he's not. It went three and
0: fourteen last year. Yeah, Lamar because he had wide wide the worst roster in the better.
4: entire NFL to work with.
0: Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. He was coached
4: by and Cliff Mark Kingsbury,
2: and Zach Ertz, and James Conner. Why do you think Zach Ertz is correctly. good? Zach Ertz Lamar never play correctly. half the games. I
1: feel like we
0: all. He I I feel like we all had the Cardinals right on the bubble of making the playoffs
4: last year because of mm-hmm. Kyler Murray.
1: But it turns out no. not even
4: he can overcome the absolute dumpster fire that Arizona is.
1: Oh, my gosh.
4: Not even he. You say it like he's the best quarterback of all time. He's not one of the, the best in the entire players. NFL today. What? my top ten. I'm not going to call right, him top a, five. He's like move on. This seven is not or eight, going anywhere. maybe six. I don't know.
2: LeBron James but, yeah.
0: is a better QB than Kyler Murray. <laughs> Y'all are haters, man. Oh my! Okay, I'm done. I love We're Kyler.
2: Nice here. LeBron James, the actual King, King James, not King Kyler. Let's let's move on to King James. King here. Kyler,
1: yes, he is. Get that trending, is, King Kyler. Why was He's you do in the that, news yet, yet, yet Tyler again? Murray.
2: <laughs> Whatever. He's in the why news yet again, and not for winning a playoff series, not for the goat conversation. No, LeBron James is in the media because he technically foreshadowed some type of retirement. No one really believes that this could actually be a retiring statement for LeBron James, however it came out. He said that he was considering his future after that game four loss where he nearly put up a 40-point triple-double and carried his team on a torn tendon in his left foot. Like, this guy really carried that team in that series, but he got swept, and that is an issue. I don't care
0: about the injury.
2: That is an issue, and LeBron, I don't know what y'all are thinking about this. I don't know if this just adds to the fact that LeBron is just not the GOAT and he's not better than Jordan, but I think really the reason for me, and I'll start us out on this, the reason I think LeBron is going to this is to say, Lakers, you have two more years with me, and do not waste it. Put me around better talent than trade deadline moves with Rui Hachimura he's and D'Angelo Russell. On not because, two. He because, got one. Okay, I thought it was two. But D'Lo, I'm pretty sure he's walking. Dennis Schroeder is a free agent. Ru Hachimura is a free agent. So all the guys almost that they traded for and the guys that even that they had on the roster prior are, are leaving. So this team that made the Western Conference Finals will likely not be all together. So what they really need to do and what I think LeBron was truly doing when he was saying this is I have a limited window. I'm nearing 40 years old. Put me around guys. That I need to be with, that I can win a championship with, because if not, I'm out of here. What are y'all's thoughts though? Does this, how does this affect LeBron's legacy, or even past
1: that?
4: <laughs> what do y'all think the Lakers need to do? I mean, um, he made a okay. fake retirement statement.
1: How does this affect his legacy at all? Uh, that was a joke, but I just
2: didn't know if y'all would add to the fact that he's not the goat based off this.
1: Also. I'll throw out the –
0: Rui Hachimura is going to get a bag this offseason. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that real quick. But he's
4: not staying with the Lakers because he is getting a bag. I just wanted
0: to throw that out there.
4: I knew Rui Hachimura was that dude ever since my NBA 2K23, my career, where I was on the Wizards, I was the point guard. Rui Hachimura knocking down three after three. That man was shooting like 60% from three-point range at some point this season. It's probably just because you're a year, man, man. Dimer badge, Rui Hachimura. That dude. It really shouldn't have shocked me that much. I guess when he went off against the against the Grizzlies. In, in all seriousness, first off, with LeBron, he needs to be on a team that's actually set up to win from the beginning of the season, instead of them just putting together all these mid-season trades and hoping it works out. I mean, LeBron and AD and all those guys were able to make it work, and they were able to advance pretty far in the playoffs. But you still need an entire season to really gel together and really build towards that championship, you know, time or, or whatever else. I mean, if the Lakers went into the playoffs would say like 56 wins or maybe even 60 wins, which that team really could have done if they had an entire season together, perhaps the Lakers would still be playing basketball right now. So I think this team that LeBron has, it isn't the worst in the world. Perhaps it, need, it needs another quality piece or two, but I think the team that he has right now, with a full season together, that could
1: potentially win at least 50 something games. Yeah. For me, um, I, the, the injury
0: part of the LeBron thing kind of disregards any sympathy or feeling badness or anything like that, just because feeling badness. Yeah. Feeling badness. Why are you waiting (laughs) until the end of the series to say anything? I've never understood like waiting to like, give like put less shade or something like you lost 4-0 like what are you gonna do to like why are you trying to make it seem less bad that you lost 4-0 like it didn't he didn't say nothing about his injury nothing about him even being questionable came out until after the series was over after they lost 4-0 and after he played what did he even did he even sit in that last game did he play 48 minutes did he play on 48? No, he didn't play on 48. He played
2: 45, I think.
0: Okay, so he played
1: 40. 40. That's basically the whole game.
0: That's that's a lot of games. Like, nothing nothing was even hinted at the fact that he could have even been hurt. But then after the season's over, he goes ahead and throws out, oh, yeah, I might be out for two months because I'm hurt. Like Like, sure, if he's hurt, I hope he's fine. I hope he's okay. Obviously, we don't hope that anybody's injured or stays injured or anything like that. Because that's just not the way to go. But I just, I just like, I don't get the point in waiting until after you lose to then say something like that. Also, the thing with the like, kind of the the, I need to take a look at my future or different things like that. Like, like, why are you trying to attract attention to yourself in that way? Like, just just either play basketball or say you don't want to play basketball anymore. Like, you can go wherever you want. You can do like you're the you're the king. You can do what you want to do. Um, if, the, if you want the Lakers to get better pieces, I mean, you've torn about, you've torn apart the Lakers with your bare hands and rebuilt them before as the, um, Le GM. So you could do it again if you wanted to, or you can go somewhere else. Any team would be willing to trade any piece for you pretty much. So, even though you're pushing 40, so like, why, what's the need to be cryptic about it besides just to get some attention? I just don't. I just don't understand what the what the point in making comments about it right after they lose are.
4: And regardless of what happens for the Lakers this season, chances are it's going to be LeBron's last year with them anyway. You know, this coming yeah. season, not the season, but we're still in technically this upcoming season. It's probably going to be Le- Le- probably going to be LeBron's last year with them anyway because he has expressed yeah. an ex- you know a desire to play with his son Bronny once he gets to the NBA. And in case you missed it. Bronny James just graduated from Sierra Canyon the other night. So did Memphis commit Ashton Hardaway, by the way. But anyway, Bronny is going to USC. He'll be there for a year. And then, assumingly, he will enter the NBA draft. Now, I'm not necessarily going to go and say that, oh, LeBron's just going to go wherever Bronny goes. But if Bronny ends up at a quality spot, LeBron's going to end up there somehow, some way. I just feel that way. And... Who knows? Maybe the maybe it ends up being the Lakers somehow. And this conversation that I'm bringing up is not even relevant. But there's going to be a conversation to have to have with where LeBron plays the season after next, regardless of what happens for the Lakers this year, because of that factor with Bronny entering the league.
0: Hmm. There is a there is rumor that LeBron wants to go play with Steph if he leaves LA, wherever that may be.
4: Li- Le- LeBron has literally said he wants to play with Bronny. Like he d- he
0: straight up said that multiple times. Well, he's also said he wants to play with Steph before too, and Steph has said the same thing about LeBron. And as they both um, near Bro, the, the, the end like of the tunnel, he,
4: he's his son, man. Like he's like he, he he's a son. I think that comment should be taken a bit more seriously.
0: I'm sorry, but I don't care if it's your son. If LeBron wants to be considered the GOAT, finding any means necessary to win another ring to push yourself more into that conversation, I would. I, I think he would maybe choose that over playing with his son because I don't think he ever said he wanted to play with his son. I think he said he wanted to play against his son.
2: I, th- I thought he said he wanted to play with him, but recently he, yeah, yeah, he said 12, he wanted to play with Bronny,
4: him. That I, that was, he was really like, my dream, not necessarily Bronny's. Like the so the it's guy okay asked Ron, what's the last thing you want to do before you retire? And he was like, I gotta play with my boy. Gotta play with Bronny.
1: So so I don't know. But yes,
2: assuming LeBron's things are true about Steph, what does that kind of mean as far as the Warriors go? I know that's so hypothetical, and maybe that's a year in advance, but I mean, wouldn't that be cool if that were to be the case? But
4: no, that the, would be like the worst thing ever. The How? LeBron of, plays with Steph Curry. The well, older generation. He's already igniting. formed two super teams. He's already formed two. We don't need a third LeBron super team.
0: Well, there's this. They might there's going to be speculation about whether LeBron or Giannis or or neither of them are going to go to the Warriors now for the next year. Why would Giannis, Giannis leave Milwaukee? Because Giannis got called out on an Instagram live about going to going to play with the Warriors, and his eyebrows raised. And then he was like, "Playing in Golden State." Hmm. And then he kind of like said. He kind of said that would be interesting, and then he laughed, and then he kept going and didn't say anything else about it. it. But it causes speculation, just like anything else does. So there's obviously going to be rumor there, just like there was two years ago when LeBron said the thing about playing in Golden State. But, I mean, Jake, I like, I like your idea. I, me, personally, I'll never like LeBron, but I think that as the, one, as the one last punch for, I guess, our generation of basketball, it would be pretty cool. To see LeBron, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and probably Kevin Durant all
1: all play on the same team.
4: (laughs) If LeBron helped Steph Curry tie with both Kobe and Magic with ring number five, you wouldn't like LeBron at all.
0: That doesn't. Steph won four without LeBron. Winning the fifth doesn't push him up anymore in the
4: all time rankings
0: to anybody. I don't
4: know. I think it'd be pretty significant. That ties him with both Kobe and Magic.
0: Steph is top ten all, and time. it
4: puts him just one behind Jordan and Kareem. Steph, I, I Steph think Steph is ahead of Magic already, personally. Yeah, yeah he so is. But I. I'm just saying that would solidify and, it. And
0: and in the yeah, exactly, get him into even if deeper
4: conversations, if, like no, not just best no, point guard ever, but one of the best mm, players ever.
0: No, I don't think you can. I, and this is me saying that as the one of the biggest Steph fans. You'll me like if you're in the conversation that Steph is already better than Magic and that he's the best point guard of all time, even if he wins a fifth ring. I don't think that there's anybody who is going to admit to him being better than some, like obviously not MJ or LeBron. That he, they're not going to say it about Kobe. They're not going to say it about Kareem, and they're not going to say it about some of these other, like they're not going to say it about Shaq. That like, there's five players right there. They're not going to say that Steph was ever better than. Him. So I put Steph five. above
1: Shaq all the time. If you want a fifth ring,
0: would I you would really.
1: Yeah, I'd, yeah, I would. I might have above it's Shaq not already. already. Actually, now that I think already, about yeah. it, there we go. I, I'm going to
0: look up ESPN. You guys can keep going. I'm going to look up ESPN's top 10 players of all time.
1: I don't know, man. I think a fifth ring would be pretty significant for Steph's legacy.
0: Well, no, it definitely would be. But I think that once, you, once he's gotten past, the big debate was, is he the best point guard of all time? Now that most people agree that he is, assuming that that is the case, I don't know how much farther he can go. Winning a fifth ring, nobody's going to say he's better than Kobe. Nobody's gonna say he's better than Kareem.
1: Like, I mean, I consider it. I would say Kobe? no because Kobe's
4: that guy, but I would consider it. I'd, I'd at least think about it for a second.
0: And and I'm just gonna be completely honest. No younger kid is gonna say that Steph is better than Kobe because to them, they look at Kobe and see that he died. So they're just they're gonna put him on a pedestal anyway, which is it's the truth. That's how that's how it works.
4: It would like it would definitely solidify Steph as like a top ten player ever. For sure. He is. He for, is. No, but no, like, a fifth ring would solidify that for sure. Like, it's not even a debate anymore.
0: Is it? To me, it wasn't a debate in the first place. I thought that magic. Well, it, I think well, some, some of the awesome old heads fire. are still
1: denying that he's better than magic.
0: I think winning the fourth ring by himself kind of, kind of pushed that one aside, I feel like.
2: Well, but, I mean, two of them were with Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant won finals MVP both times and hit the clutch shots both times and average more points. So there's Yeah, that. but
4: I think that just speaks to Steph as well for being willing to take that step back in order to win more championships. It, that it, shows the mark of a winning does. player. I'm using that as a point for Brent. Like even though KD
2: was really statistically and if you watched it was the best player in both of those series that they won in the finals in 17 and 18, that doesn't diminish Steph's legacy at all. So you I don't so, think you
4: can say it wouldn't help if LeBron did that and it would move him up a little bit. Besides, so, there's no way KD would have been as good on those teams if it weren't for Steph's presence. Right. Do we put so we you
0: already said you put him above Shaq. Would you put yeah, him above Kobe?
1: Not above, above Kobe. Kobe? No. Kobe's top three for me. Would you put him above Tim Duncan? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I would. I'd have to. It's hard. Yeah,
4: I would. I would. It would be close, like maybe right above Duncan, because Duncan's the best four of all time, in my opinion.
1: Forward, Larry,
4: the best, the best four, like power forward. Oh, I was like forward. <laughs> okay.
1: What about Larry? Yeah. Yeah. De- definitely. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. put him above Will. Yes, Will Chamberlain is so overrated, in my opinion.
4: All Wilt did was just. Beat up on guys that were like seven inches shorter than him. That's not true, but Wilt I mean, Will is
1: fantastic. But five I mean, Wilt, Wilt's amazing, Will Will's amazing, but I don't, he, I don't think he's his like folklore superhero. Would but you like, him above me, like Russell, yes. But oh, for
2: me, God. like Ooh. for me, the the ranking conversations it doesn't Russell really matter. Is so hard, like that, the that's more rings you me. got. The more rings you got, the better. So because Bill Russell,
4: oh well, yeah, was like the first the pioneer the of the better. NBA,
1: that's significant. So was, so was Jerry West. Russell was, was a Logan, bit before man. him, I think. Well, they were around the same time, but like it would. So was so was well cool Russell was cool the to Bill see. Russell
4: was the first like legitimate face of the NBA.
0: Understand understanding that if LeBron is in Golden State, it is the end of the. Obviously, it is the end of the era completely. If LeBron goes to Golden State to play with Steph, that is the end of the 2010s decade of basketball. I that I feel like that is a pretty general consensus. If LeBron and Steph team up in Golden State, that's the end. And I feel like that would be a pretty cool ending, especially if they want a ring. Because in my opinion, I don't want to see Steph go to Charlotte and live out his NBA career washed up on the bench somewhere. And the Wizards. Yeah. I can't that, see Steph like,
4: leaving Golden
1: State ever.
0: I, I can't. can't. I can't either. But, like, you get what I'm saying. I would rather – I'd rather watch these guys go out on top. Only, I'd only want to see LeBron go out on top if he's doing it with Steph. So, I'd rather see Steph go out on top, winning a championship, than playing washed-out basketball on Golden State or wherever, where somebody I think is
4: Steph would rather retire than leave Golden State, personally.
1: I think he'd go to Charlotte before he retired, but I got a question.
2: Hmm. How many podcasts in a row do y'all think Steph Curry has been mentioned?
1: Uh, was he mentioned last time? Well, hmm. I don't know. I, I think if we <laughs> – <laughs> No way. <laughs> a lot of those times then I think it, it, it would be cut down significantly. But What? You cut out. Be...
4: You cut out. That was hilarious. No, like if if we cut out like all the times that Brent mentioned Steph first, then it probably wouldn't be that many. But because those are included, I I bet it's been a decent. I number didn't of bring
0: times. Steph up.
4: Brent, you always bring stuff up. Come on,
2: it's it's that- awesome. He's your favorite.
0: No, I don't. No, don't even say the awesome bit because I don't want you. I don't want you got you to look like a hero on camera for defending me when we get on the text message thread and you guys are like. Oh, he brings up Steph Curry and
4: the Warriors so much. I'm so, I'm so mad that he has such good transition points. That that but that would be like me bringing up Tiger Basketball literally every podcast, no matter what. Yeah, you do. You you definitely do.
2: Steph just what? relates to a
4: lot of situations. Like no, you know, no,
0: Roman. This this was the this was the conversation. Not even ten minutes ago. Bronny james just graduated from sierra Kenton and ah. so did memphis commit ashton hardaway
4: <laughs> yeah but like i didn't like bring a whole like i didn't i didn't. conversation into it like you did i didn't no i didn't i said that he yeah, could go did. to the state you and then like, jake oh, said no I wonder what no, no. jake said with he had a question jake
0: said he had a question
2: you were talking about the cardinals and you're like Let's think
0: about the Warriors here for a second.
1: And I was just like, oh, my
4: God. The
0: Cardinals?
4: Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. We were yeah. talking about NFL well, salary couch couch. Couch. And you were yes. like, let's relate this to the Golden State Warriors hate, who are in a I completely different professional sports league. The NFL sucks. <laughs> I don't care. What? Yeah, you're crazy. What? NFL's, NFL's you guys call me blasphemous sports. for calling Lamar Jackson not the a top quarterback league? in the league. And yet you just straight up said the NFL The best sports league in the world
1: sucks.
2: The
4: NFL is the
1: worst
0: sports league.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: What? How? Let's say. Let's save these for another episode, man. Roman, I mean, college basketball's up there, but like, how was your week, man? College
0: basketball, college football, and the NBA are
4: better than the corrupt Roger Goodell ran NFL league. No, they're not. That's lame. That's such a lame
1: opinion. (laughs) Roman, how was your week, man?
4: Uh pretty good pretty good uh wrote a few more articles for the blueprint uh got alerted on pretty short notice that we were going to be doing this live so that was interesting
1: uh my uh my my brother went out of town with florida uh to florida i think yesterday so
4: uh, the house has been a bit quieter which has been i guess somewhat nice uh Watch Night of Champions with WWE earlier today. It's pretty good. It emanated from Saudi Arabia. Some pretty epic stuff happened there. And as much as you don't want to hear it, I did have fun. Like I, I don't tune into it every single week, but when I do watch it, I'll I admit I have fun. The in-ring product is entertaining, and maybe you will understand that someday and stop laughing at me every time I admit that I am somewhat entertained by it. I mean, I, I don't prefer it over like the nba or the nfl or anything like that but
1: yeah, yeah we have I, problems it, it okay. is fun it is fun but yeah that's pretty much my week brent did you watch uh two superheroes fake fighting this week <laughs> it's about no, more I than didn't. fake fighting i didn't
0: i didn't watch two 40 year old men it's a choreographed
1: Spanish, dude.
4: performance and <laughs> <laughs> and a choreographed performance <laughs> that makes it even I think worse. That's the best comparison for it.
1: So it's a play. But two forty-year-old men in spandex Something suits wrestling each other on the ground, and it's not real. It's fake. It's not fake. It's scripted. There's a difference. It's, a, it's choreographed.
0: It's like, <laughs> oh, it's, okay. like from, um, it's like from it's like from um, the Madagascar movie when they go to the. When they go to Africa and like Alex I don't know, and man, Alex like, the Lion and Alex the Lion says fight and he thinks dance fight and so he goes out to the thing and he's jumping around the circle and he's like, like You wanna dance? And speaking <laughs> of that,
4: here's the biggest thing for me. How can That's you crap on professional wrestling for being fake or scripted or whatever? But like movies are fake and scripted, so were TV shows. But I know that going in. Yeah, and you know it going in, watching that too.
1: But when that, just, if I
4: watch wrestling, I'm not acting like oh these two no, are actually beating each other up. No, no. If you go into it is, knowing that it's fake, but we call or scripted, this a sport, then you're good. You're, you can actually have fun it,
0: if you just forget about that. No, you no. You're calling this a sport. You're putting it as a, sport. It, sport? It a sport. it is not. That's what it's
4: called. Is it a sport, Roman? It's sports entertainment. That's what it is. Oh
0: yeah, there you go. Sorry, it's a sport. It, <laughs> sports, sports entertainment. Inter-
1: That's <laughs> what they call it. Uh, Brent, how was your week? It was okay. How was yours? <laughs> what? Well, usually when I ask, like, how was your week, I'm implying like, tell me about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but
0: common courtesy, when somebody asks me how my week is, I should ask how yours is as well. Well,
2: Mom was good. Tell me about your week, man.
0: Oh, thanks. I thought you'd never ask. Um, I, was, I was in New York with Jake, and that was fun. I won't Say anything about that because Jake will. Um, that was fun. Oh
2: come on! You you got written about an article today. Did you read it?
0: I did.
1: You did? How I couldn't why? read it because I'm not subscribed no. to Daily Memphis. What yet. did
0: I? What what did I get? What? It, was, I no, joked let me about guess. No no, no 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 no. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. But, ahem, just like every other thing that's been posted, Jake St- <laughs> Jake Jake Stoop, Arlington Arlington High School alumni. Gets to go to the Sports Emmys and give a speech and takes Men in Hoodies counterpart Brent Lyons, Does this is plus one? <laughs> is that along the lines?
2: No, they. I joked about the ten thousand dollar moment that you got getting a picture of Shaq,
0: and he wrote about it and he quoted me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Tell him yeah, about that. How did like, that happen? Like like we talked about last week, we're not subscribed to the Daily Memphian because it costs money to read. So I. Brent.
4: Yes, no paywalls on Tiger Blueprint, baby. <laughs> There's no
0: paywalls on the Minute Hoodies website either. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> if you want there was, but we old... got rid of them. Yeah,
0: if you want eight-month-old depth chart um, <laughs> power rankings. Why do you Roman... guys have to make
4: that joke every single time? <laughs> Brent. Why are you saying we? Brent makes it every week.
0: I've made it for the past two weeks. That's
4: it. And that's
2: You've made it a couple of times, too. Tiger...
0: You brought up the Tiger Blueprint.
2: Hey, if you want updated <laughs> Warriors comparisons to whatever sport we're talking about, weekly updates here on the
4: Minutes Podcast.
0: I can compare it to anything. Give me something, I'll compare it to it real you quick. You can
4: compare Skippy Curry back. to a brown paper Shaq. bag.
0: What'd you say, Jake?
4: You met
1: Shaq at the Sports Emmys. You know, <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Brent yes, i his... at...
0: Yes, go ahead. No, you got it. I think you'll you'll you. Yeah, you got. I was it. just
2: gonna. I was just gonna say that Brent, while he didn't get a ten thousand dollar check or anything well, like that, he got his ten thousand dollar moment with Shaquille O'Neal. Got a picture of and, it. He
0: made and technically Scott Van Pelt, which true, which I didn't get a picture of Mr. Van Pelt, and I may have lied to Jake's face. But to be fair, Jake was talking to Reese Davis and I thought that it would be rude to leave a conversation with one celebrity to go ask for a picture with another another celebrity that is in the same field. So I I thought that I was I thought that my reasoning was justified, but when Jake asked me where Scott Van Pelt was, I told him that he that I couldn't find him. But mm. yeah, I had mm. already found him. He was he had already mm. left. It it's it's
2: okay. Yeah,
1: that's okay.
0: But along the list that Brent named,
2: I did not meet SVP or Shaq, but I got to meet Greg Gumbel, Reese Davis, Ian Eagle, Mike Tirico, um, L. Duncan, um, Andrea Kramer, and then, uh, oh, man, who am I missing? Bill Raftery, man. It was all fantastic. I got to meet all of the people that I've grown up watching on TV. Um, Ian Eagle even came up to me and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm Ian Eagle. Nice to meet you. I heard you the Jim McKay winner that we talked about, the jawbreaker call, dunk against the Warriors in that in that playoff series, man. It was just so cool. Got to connect with a lot of people. Networking was huge. Um, the speech felt like a blur. It felt like I was backstage, and then I was backstage again. It, the lights were on me, and that's all I knew. And the next thing I know, the next day I get a call from Gus Ramsey and Dan Patrick, and that was just like, oh, my gosh, this is actually happening. So all of it was God. I would not be here without my faith and without the Lord leading me here. And it's super cool to see that um, this is the path that I feel like is leading me down. And I don't know how much more evident or clear you can make it. it it's all pretty much in front of my face when you see Ian Eagle walk up to you, his 5'5", uh, 5'6", five, 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 self, and <laughs> tap you on the shoulder. So it, it was a really cool moment, and it was definitely one of the best moments of my
1: life. Um, and I, I definitely wouldn't change anything for the world. So it was cool. I mean yeah that must have been a pretty awesome experience there for you. I mean
4: I don't know what else to say other than congratulations <laughs> and I hope hope some of those networking opportunities earn you some stuff in the near future.
1: Hey, Patrick well, it, himself said
4: he'd give me a job, so we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> and it earned us over 100 views on the YouTube. So that There we go baby. A, and we did we did we may have something in the works with another podcast group. Um, that brand new information on the Men Hoodies podcast. You know, we did. What, I did do some do? Working for the I did
4: Yes. Exactly. Well, I'm in the loop about any of this. I am <laughs> one of the three co-hosts of this thing. Y'all haven't told me nothing about this. This is not an act, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first time hearing of this. And now they're going to have to tell me as soon as this cuts off.
1: What are we doing? You can blame that. You can blame that on Brent. Right there, Brenton Lyons.
2: I, I was about to tell you. Didn't he? Didn't tell me about SVP number one, and now he's not even telling you about another podcast collab opportunity. Crazy.
4: Still, our first, the first ever potential men and hoodies collab in history. Crazy. And I don't know anything about it until now, live on the air. Tell you
1: about, but it's okay. We still have yet to do it with them. So. With who? Welcome back to Control Chaos with Nathaniel yeah. Badley.
0: Oh, and it's not Shaq, by the way. I posted that on my story. Uh it's not it's not Shaq. I, I got a little <laughs> wasn't Oh <laughs> uh, well, okay, so I'll just go ahead and do it. So the there was another group of people who won a scholarship as well um, for an HBCU thing, and FAMU was the group that won that scholarship. And they're, um, some of the college guys that, are, that were a part of that there to give the speech, much like Jake did, they have a sports podcast as well. And afterwards, the guy comes up to me and he's like, dude, congrats on winning the Jim McKay scholarship. And I'm like, it wasn't me. But my friend is the guy who won the Jim McKay scholarship. We do a podcast together. And he's like, oh, you do a podcast too? He's like, oh, I do a podcast. And so 10 minutes later, and he's like, all right. We should link up and do a podcast together. And lo and behold, they have had Jabari Smith Jr. on their podcast before. So, not too shabby. So, maybe in the near future, Men in Hoodies and
1: this group will make a collab.
4: Hey, I just noticed something. Men in Hoodies, we're not too shabby ourselves. We now feature two award-winning journalists and a D1 athlete. There you go, baby. That's what Men in
1: Hoodies got now. And a I'm two an award winning journalist, journalist, and a D1 athlete. <laughs> I'm an award winning journalist. I want to do month in January. <laughs> <laughs> and you won a state award
2: for the show you produced. And you write <laughs> good articles on the Men website. All of it.
0: <laughs> I want student of the month of January.
1: <laughs> hey, Roman, me and you, remember when we went to the month back in the day? Shut up. What did we do back in the day? Never mind. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's time Brent. to go. Yeah, it is time to go. Well,
2: thank you very much for listening to the Moonhoodies podcast, where we now feature, as Brent, as Brent and Roman have said, three award-winning journalists. All of them are former student of the month and at high school. Producer. Correct, <laughs> an award-winning producer and Brent Lyons. But yeah, thank you for listening no, to the podcast. podcast. No, Noah. Oh, and Noah, absolutely, man. Four, actually. Four. So we're doing pretty good over here But again, thank you for listening to the podcast If you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel Hit the button, click the bell for notifications As we go live Yeah, Roman, there you go, there's your award <laughs> But yes, thank you for listening Stay tuned for our Instagram For updates about other live options um, Also, routinely we can post Different things in, of that nature So watch out for those as well But yes, thank you for listening to the podcast We will see you next time Subscribe, follow the Instagram, follow the Spotify, follow the Apple
1: We'll see you next episode. Nah, wada chose me.